Coming up tonight on the Big Footy Podcast, it's scandals aplenty as we talk about the Bulldogs and their betting scandal. We talk about Ryan Crowley. We talk about Essendon holding separate team meetings for their top-up players. We talk about Ben Cousins getting done for security breaches. It's all happening here on the Big Footy Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast. It's a Big Footy Podcast this week. There's a lot of news to get through, and joining me to discuss all these matters, I have a sterling cast this evening, an absolutely quality team uh, here to discuss all these matters. Seppo, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, good evening, and I'm just glad I could add to the quality of this lineup tonight. Mm, it, and it is, a, it is a quality lineup. I don't know how many times I can say quality in the intro, but... Welcome, Mike. Hello, guys, and uh, I hope we can live up to the uh, to the uh, classification of quality there. And, and I'm dialing in from a rehab hospital in Frankston, so make of that as you will. Mm-hmm. Under the under the care of the Illuminati, if I recall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> under the care of uh, James. No, I'll, I won't get there. <laughs> and uh, joining us uh, again is a man who normally does. Uh, discusses all things Essendon, but we'll be glad for the distractions this week, perhaps. Uh, prosecutor. Mate, if that uh, if that big footy pun that you started off with is any um, any sort of guide to the quality we can expect, we're in for a shocker tonight. <laughs> uh, are we always? Guys, it has been a massive week, but before we get to this week, what were your highlights from the weekend? We'll start with Seppo. Uh, my highlight was just watching the... Uh more couple of NAB Challenge games with some interesting results right across the board. Um, even my own team, Freo, going down to Sydney, it was, uh, it's, it's one thing that's been looking at across all the scores is just how low scoring it is. So it's, um, I don't know what it's highlighting for me, but it's, it's just odd to see so small scores coming across every single game, except if you're uh, a until tonight. supporter. That's, uh, that's, that's yeah, biblical what's being done over there. Um, Fremantle going down in the gay pride match. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> Seppo, uh, gay pride, was it worth it? Um, well, what the annoying thing was that they, they promoted this um, game and it obviously worked for the local guys, but the fact that this match wasn't aired and, and you had to find a stream for it and couldn't work if you're on a mobile device trying to stream it through your TV and, and with all the restrictions in place, it made it really hard to promote it. Mm. Um, but I'm sure it worked for the locals there, but halfway through the game, it bucketed down and, and probably kept a couple of people away from actually seeing what they had prepared and everything from the ground painted with the Rainbow 50s to the um, Guards of Honour with probably some local representatives from the community. And yeah, just probably didn't get enough exposure it needs. Perhaps next year it'll be in the actual regular season rather than uh, pre-season because normally we've started by now. So it's well, the original talk that it was going to be Essendon and St Kilda in this match, but um, I don't know what happened to that. Mm. Um, prosecutor, what was your highlight for the week, mate? Man, uh, distractions everywhere. It's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. And... It hasn't 
I get to come onto this podcast and not have to talk about Essendon much. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. been a great Well, day. there is still some Essendon stuff we'll get to later, but not much. Keyword, much. Not, not really no, a big deal. You guys had a game against the GWS. It was the GWS on uh, the weekend. Don't that, was the oh, that was the top we're a club where we played football. I forgot we played football. That's right. Yeah, how, how do you feel about going down uh, by 40, 45 points in the end? Was it only 45? Yeah, it was only 45 oh, in the better end. Than I, better than I thought two minutes ago when I thought it was 60, 70 on. <laughs> Mike, uh, how was your week, mate? Oh, not too bad. Look, I didn't get a chance to make any bets on the game on the weekend, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. But look, uh, it's hard. To, it's hard to say with the, the, the amount of things that have been going on in the last few days. It's, it's it really bedazzles you with the uh, quality of uh, people we have playing AFL these days. I think if we're going to look at the actual game from the Dogs and uh, Demons, um, uh, how do you only beat? How do you only beat the opposition by seven points when you have 160 more possessions than they do? That, that just—I just don't know how that how they don't do that. That was Melbourne, of course. But anyway, look—you know—we'll be talking a lot about the Bulldogs tonight, so we won't spend too much time mm. on that. But anyway, you know, NAB Cup or no NAB Challenge, I should say, is just a glorified set of practice games. It's funny. It's funny, uh, really, how that's the case. But. Uh... My highlight of the week, Carlton getting over Collingwood, as I said to the guys before the podcast. I don't care what match it is. I don't care where it's played. I don't care if it's not even a real match. If it's a, if it's a raffle, if there's a meat tray being offered somewhere, <laughs> if it's a celebrity freaking tournament. You know, lawn bowls. Celebrity golf, lawn bowls, sale of the century. Anytime we can beat Collingwood at something... I'm I, I'm all for it, and I'm just I'm glad the team got up. Mike uh, Liam Jones played for the Blues on the weekend. I played a reasonable game too. I thought. Well, I mean, look, yeah, look. I w- I was uh, I would have been happy to have seen him stayed with us. Um, he didn't want to go, and he obviously didn't like the fact that he was disciplined for his. Uh, you know, his lack of effort or what not have it not last season. But, um, you know, he's the type of kid that can play footy, no doubt. Everyone everyone in the club or everyone in our supporter base never had mm. any concerns that he couldn't play. It was just all in his head as far as whether or not he had the mental capacity to want to play the game. And I think that's his biggest challenge is he's, you know, he, he gets beaten by himself. And uh, if he can have the right attitude and the right frame set, he'll be a really good centre-half forward. Mm. Nearly 9,000 people, well, over 9,000 people watched the game in Bendigo where they had to turn the over power 9, off. That's right, it oh, was hell. literally over, it was almost 10,000. But uh, they had to turn the power off to the, the swimming centre behind the oval to power the ground, apparently. <laughs> uh, so they were using the ground, uh, the water tower slides, uh, the, the, the water side towers to uh, have people on watching the game, apparently. Which what is... do you think? What do you guys think of uh, you know the um, experiment with games being played at those locations? I mean, either the AFL wants to send games to the country areas and to try and get the brand out there, but do you really think it's sustainable on a long-term basis? I think it's better than doing it with a round during the year. Absolutely. I think it works over the the three or four rounds of NAB Challenge games, mm. but I suppose there is a need to actually get some games at the metro locations and all the main stadiums even to just test things out or if they've got new things they want to trial and put it in like the you know countdown clock at eddie had that they're trying tonight and albeit new food or 
vendors inside the ground, they probably do want to have at least a test run, at least at all the main stadiums during the NAB Cup Well, challenge, they've, they've but... got six games or something Eddie had this weekend to test mm. all that stuff on. But um, I'd, look, I, w- I would like to see, if, if, I, if, I, if I ran this, I'd have at least one game at your traditional home base. And I'd have other ga- you know, other games played in the country. I don't, I don't see the need to play it Eddie had in the last round. Mm. At all, um, I, d- I don't see it being beneficial to anyone except the ground. Mm. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe it helps the league fulfil its contracts at the ground. I don't know, but I would prefer to see you know one or two games in the country, at least one home game at uh, at your traditional home ground, so your Visey Parks, your Windy Hill, um, Arden Street, just just that. So you, you and kickstart your season, like have your members day, tie it all together really get yourself up and running um, I, I think that'd be great for the clubs involved but for whatever reason the league doesn't want to play there at all doesn't want to encourage that kind of behaviour No, so, well I think you've also got to put into context the f- available facilities at the ground to co- you know cope with um, parking and, and amenities and things like that and some of, the, some of those uh, old venues such as Arden Street and Western Oval are limited in their capacity. Although we did have a, you know, we did have the game there against Richmond a couple of weeks back. But could you could you play at Arden Street? I don't know. Oh, um, if you can't, obviously, then it's impossible yeah. to do. But where you could, where you can do it, you should do it. I think. Mm. And the Rio Oval experiment worked quite well for them, but it's yeah. only because they can. They've got the capacity, and it's made for the. I suppose it's a reasonable sized crown, but like you said, Whittenover got overstretched there, and plenty of other local sides. If they did play, I'm sure Richmond would be a, a terrible idea to play at Punt Road Oval. They just wouldn't be able to fit everyone in there that would come along to their traditional home ground. Well, but that... you know, it, it would be good. Sorry, it would be good to bring that old old feel back to the game. Um, you know, to to bring back that suburban feel as it once was. Mm. You know, I, do, I just think it'd be a good, I think it'd be a good way to start your season off. You know. You're up first, and you're playing at your home ground. You get your members on board. You have your membership day and all that stuff around it. You can build your season from there. I just, I, I know uh, in terms of Carlton that we would, uh, it would be ideal to do that sort of thing at Visey Park. And there's no games at Visey Park this year for some reason. So it's well, Icon Park or whatever the hell we call it these days. It's um, yeah. Moving along, because there's a lot of news to get through, and this is where you guys all hang your heads in the shame that you all should rightfully feel. Oh, wait, because we've got the uh, Freo Bulldogs and the uh, Essendon Trio here, don't we? That's mm. right, folks, all of you. But we'll start... <laughs> we will st- and Carlton, mind you. No, nothing to do with us this year. Oh. We're all squeaky clean, thank Pot meat kettle. Yeah, right. That's us. Hey, there's not enough of you guys to um to hang shit on anyway. As 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 a, a try. as as a Carlton supporter, I must say I am disgusted with you three. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> I'm appalled. But we'll start with the big news and just released tonight, Mike, uh, the AFL uh, is being reported as investigating certain players from the Western Bulldogs for betting on themselves to lose. Not that I would have thought that was necessary, but um, that's apparently what they did, Mike. Well, hang on. Let, let's let's just clarify things here. One player, one AFL-listed player, one VFL-listed player, not a majority or, or, you know, a handful of players. But 
hang on, how can that overshadow what happened with Mr. Crowley over the weekend? I mean, that's bigger this is, this in, is in breaking uh, news, circumstances. Mike. I know, I know, I know. I'm Cra- trying to deflect here. It's not going to work. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah, we'll get to you after Sipo. Finally get some media attention and look what they're doing. <laughs> it's all for the wrong reasons. No, look, you know, as I said, as I said before at the start of the show or before the start of the show, you know, f- football players aren't the smartest tools in the shed and... Um, some fail to remember these basic things that, you know, you can't go and bet um, on, on anything that's involved with the game. Um, actually, I'm not sure. Are they allowed to bet at all on any sporting they're, they're fixtures? Not, they're, not, they're not allowed to bet not on anything. Any AFL game. What about rugby or cricket or anything like that? That's fine. That's, that's fine, yeah. yes. You, so you would think a little bit of common sense would set in there and say, hey, you know, should I really be doing this? Um, but obviously not. And... But, you know, I guess what happened is that they have uh, self-reported. So the the webs, uh, sorry, the Western Bulldogs have made a statement um, that they've handed the matter over to the AFL integrity uh, team and uh, we'll see what happens from there. Look, you know, if they've done the wrong thing, if, if Hunter, who's been named as the AFL listed player, has done the wrong thing, well, rightly so, he deserves to be punished under the bylaws of the AFL. Full stop. When the last person to get done, was it a coach or something that had to sit out or pay a big fine? I think from Dean a, Wallace, Wallace, wasn't it? Dean Wallace, yeah. Dean Wallace, yeah. Himself. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. Um, who was that? No, and it wasn't a good one at Adelaide as well. That was in yeah, good one too. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, a bit before um, Wallace though. Yeah, and there yeah. was a player was as well that, that was... It was at Essendon, actually, when Wallace was there. <laughs> right. There you go. There's also a case of one AFL player who was listed as a backman that gave the tip-off that he'd be playing forward and to kick the first goal. I can remember oh. that happening the last couple of years. There was Yeah, that might have been... Was a, a goal it was coach. a Collingwood player, wasn't it? Collingwood, maybe. Yes, it was a Collingwood Reed? player. Was it? Might have been Heath Shaw. Yes, it was, yes, yeah. yes, it was Heath yeah, Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there have been cases so, in the past, but it does just sound quite blatant. It, it's not like you can make an accident with you know having a painkiller and accidentally going in onto game day with it. It's it's placing a bet on your own side is just just stupidity. It's 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 worse. Okay. What... Well, I think what makes it worse is placing a bet on your on your own teammates to lose. I mean, and I think probably he's done that considering that he knows who was playing on the weekend and who was going to be going to play. But still, even then, there's no look. There's no excuse for it. You know, you can't defend those sort of actions. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know. I mean, he's, it's in, it is in the contract uh, that he's not allowed to bet on any AFL game. Yeah. And then to not only then bet on an AFL game, not only bet on your team, but then to bet on your team to lose. Mm. When they lose to Melbourne of all teams, it's not a good look at all. You, uh, you just wonder if he would ever self-report that he bet on his own team to win and they lost. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I As, don't know exactly. What? Why? I mean, well, the problem is the problem is is that he, he, you know, he went and made the bet apparently, but then he he went and started blurting it out, and then obviously the word got around and and someone got a hold of it, and then he was forced to report it. So mm. you know, um, if you're going to so do something like that, and be... it was more the Bulldogs self-reporting it to AFL. Mm. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. All right, the Bulldogs have released their club statement, as Mike said earlier. Basically, uh, Western Bulldogs general manager, football Graham uh, Lowe, contacted Brett Clothier of the AFL Integrity Unit on Saturday afternoon, immediately upon being notified of some betting activities by an AFL-listed player and a VFL-listed player of the club to report that information. The Integrity Unit is currently undertaking an investigation in the subject matter of that report and has asked the club to defer its own investigation until an outcome in the AFL investigation is reached. 
So that's going on. The Australian has named the player as Lockie Hunter. And it sounds like it was a small $10 bet as well. And the match is apparently involving the NAB Challenge game on the weekend. <laughs> really? Oh, uh, according to the Australian, I believe, it is believed the AFL's Integrity Unit is investigating one match in particular where Melbourne defeated the Dogs by seven points in a NAB Challenge game last Saturday. So, if you're going to... <laughs> If you're going to get caught betting on a game, why would it be a NAB challenge one? (laughs) I don't know. Look, and as I said, you you think AFL players would be wise to what they can and can't do, you know, especially in those sort of things when it comes to integrity. You know, I can understand guys like Assad Assad making a silly judgment with with an energy drink, but, you know, even then... You know, and it, it's not the first and it's not going to be the last. Just going back to those uh, previous incidents you are mentioning in 2011, Essendon assistant coach Dean Wallace was banned for 14 weeks over three bets he made on AFL games. Uh, Collingwood defender, he sure fell foul of the league's strict anti-gambling rules and was banned for eight games. Uh, Nick Maxwell, who was his captain at the time, was also fined after it emerged that Shaw had bet on him kicking the first goal in a match. Maxwell was fined after his family also played bets on him. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, look, if that's anything to go by, then we can expect Hunter to go for about eight weeks. That's basically it. And that's from the AFL's... more than that. That's from the AFL's website, so... Oh, no, eight weeks. I I think eight weeks is reasonable. It's one game, but, you know... Shaw only gave advice that one of his teammates would be playing forward. Hunter's actually gone out, bet on his own team to lose. Oh, I thought Hunter actually bet. Uh, Okay, well... Hunter actually bet, and he bet on his own team to lose. Yeah. Oh, well. And this this also, of course... This also, of course, follows the allegations that David King uh, bet on the uh, Rising Star Award and is being investigated for that... And I'd like to point out that none of this involves Carlton. So we'll move on. To... <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, Ryan Crowley. To Ryan Crowley. Uh, and Seppo, of course, has eagerly been awaiting this. Seppo, the club has expressed its support today uh, in West Australian newspapers. What's going on there? Um, well, it's honestly a, a very stupid mistake on behalf of him. And I'm just glad it's not something that's a full club thing. And um, he's obviously acknowledged it and... Um, really taking this on and it sounds like the fact that he's going to fight this and, and take it right through the uh, tribunal sounds like he'll be looking at a, a lenient sort of sentence they're going to hand out because of this specified substance which sounds like a painkiller that might have been taken on the I think it was the day before a game might have been in his system still so they must have some type of a clause or they've read through the uh, um, things that sort of can hand it out to him. So it's not just a performance-enhancing drug. It's got a special case of what he's probably been um, registered as taking that they might be able to get a lenient little sentence on him, which ranges, I think, from anything from a warning, a slap on the wrist, to a two-year. So yeah. I'm hoping it will be towards that lower end, and they're going to backdate it from when he started the suspension, which is really funny. It's all the way back to October, I think. Um, so if he gets a six-month ban, he could miss it just a couple of games and, and be off mid-season. October 1st, I believe, is the magical mm. date. Yep. Is this, we're talking like a Shane Warne, I took a Sudafed and got suspended for a year type thing, aren't we? Yeah. But I think he might have more um, problem, circumstances is... around how he actually took it to treat him for current back pain. And obviously it was on the... Um, list so there's some content inside the painkiller which is on the Asada list of 
do not take drugs, which wasn't provided by the club doctor. Well, that, but that's, that's the that's, thing. That's, it's that's like, the why, thing. Yeah. why is he getting extra painkillers outside of his club doctor? Mm. No, that's, that's, that's the issue. stupid thing. Even the fact that he's gone outside the club doctor and, and club, which after everything that's happened with Essen, you think that players would learn it. But obviously this one, it just sounds like a real error in judgment or just stupidity to take something knowing unless he specifically got something prescribed and it just hung around his system too long or he just made the call to say, I'll take it now, I'll be out of my system by game day. And it was I was, Yeah, look, I, I, I see where you're coming from but I, I think the way the AFL's gone lately with, with this, they're, they're not going to go soft. You know, so I've got, what, 18 months for drinking an energy drink. I really can't see them going lightly on, on Crowley. And not because I've got anything against Sky, but they're going to set a, a standard and a benchmark for, you know, what's acceptable and what's not. They're going to use probably use the argument that the fact that he didn't go through the club doctor. Had he have gone through the club doctor it would have been a different story. Then there might have been a lighter sentence or, or a lighter fairness, penalty. In fairness, uh, the Crowley and Saad cases are a bit different in the sense that uh, Saad took a specified substance in that that's why he was banned instantly, whereas Crowley took a... Uh, or I might have got the uh, terms asked about, but uh, yeah. it, because... Um, Saad had an energy drink which had a, had a substance in it. That's considered like performance-enhancing, where Crowley's that's... is the specified substance, which yeah. is under a different category. So if you actually have a look through, I think the Asada code, it's, it, it shows different. Um, so no one, I don't think anyone's actually been handed a, a sentence yet under this ruling that Crowley's going. So he's almost first in the field to go through that. I think there was a VFL player that had the similar energy drink or something along the lines as... Um, Saad and he copped a, a, a lenient one and then Asada came in over the top and extended his out to a full 18 month I believe for a year and a half so Crowley's going to be new ground and I think it's going to be less than a year he's going to cop because if, if is it over a year he'll probably retire but he must have pretty good grounds because if he knew this back in September October of last year before the list lodgement happened and he knew he was looking at two years no doubt um, you surely he would have retired but it sounds like he's confident that He's even though he's done something stupid that he can uh, get off from this or get a lenient sentence. The, the thing though is when when did this actually come about? It was was it June or July last year? Well, uh, it, when he actually round... took it was round seventeen, I believe. Yeah, against yeah. GWS. so July. Yeah. 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 And it was uh, random, it was yeah. AFL random drug testing, wasn't it? His second, but the I think the big issue that come out of this is that his uh, his B sample tested positive on the 25th of September, and he was issued an infraction notice on the 1st of October. Right. So, okay. theoretically, if Freo had made the grand final and won the premiership, so it, for instance, that, or if, let alone, if Freo made the grand final and he's had two positive tests before then and still allowed to play, it would have been an interesting scenario anyway, especially considering they didn't stand him down straight away after two tests. And the amazing thing is how it actually is kept in the house and um, no one, at the, well, I think there was about four or five people notified at the club after his um, test came through. So the playing group didn't even know or the leadership group wasn't advised until Monday. So it's very odd. And I think Ross Lyon got grilled by some journos, you know, why he wasn't selected. And I myself went to WA and watched Ryan Crowley sit out and do some separate running. And he, um, yeah, he must be going a lot to be able to do all that and, and 
guys like Pavic have come out and, in his support and saying, you know, you, you never really know what some players are actually going through. And it's just amazing that some of this stuff can actually be kept quiet. And there's probably a lot of people in the media that are complaining about it. But I think it's good that at least people's, um, in this case, nothing's actually leapt out and, and, and got out into the general public. And something well, like I guess it's all about the timing, It's all about the timing and, you know, going play, given that Freya were playing finals footy last year, the last thing they would have wanted to upset them was to have this on the cards and the media um, drawing attention and then, you know, causing some issues in the club and taking concentration away from what they should be, you know, what they need to be focusing on. So, All right. Moving along then, we'll get the uh, get the spotlight off uh, Frio now, Seppo. I shift it on to Essendon. And ship it on to <laughs> Essendon. Now, your, your turn, mate. Your turn, Prost. Prosecutor. Essendon's uh, Asada stuff is obviously due to finalise itself up a little bit next week, so nothing new to report on that front, fortunately. But apparently the... Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. The top-up players, they're having separate team meetings, apparently. To the to the main squad to protect the uh, what's the word I'm looking for intellectual property intellectual property of of the Essendon Football Club who were worried that the the these top up players will be approached after they uh, leave Essendon by other clubs for a bit of a debriefing on Essendon strategy. Look, I I just think football is such a dynamic sort of thing where. You know, you can have your structures or so on and so forth, but I mean, the level of micro detail that um, Essendon must be worried about getting leaked out just seems so insignificant. Because, I mean, it's going to take about three minutes for an opposition coach to fully work out what the hell they're doing. And I just don't really understand, you know, the anxiety about it, to be honest. I just love how the the article in The Age says Harvey praised the up to 13 replacement players the club has used for their attitude and performance in the NAB Challenge so far, saying they'd been fantastic on and off the field in difficult circumstances. However, the consideration to withhold sensitive information from some players who might not be with the club from March 31 onwards is simply reality of the industry. I just... I don't, what if they were around after March 31, Pross? <laughs> what, what do you do? Uh, By the way, we've got to fill you in with a few details that the rest know that you don't and uh, we've been working on all pre-season. <laughs> so. That that's not. So what is, what is the rule with the top of plays? Should hypothetically, you know, hypothetically speaking, Sada does hand out infractions and, and the challenge fails in the court and we have a ban on a number of list players from Essendon. Are those topic players automatically elevated to Essendon's list, playing list or not? I suppose they have to negotiate a new deal because something mm. that's been done for the moment will probably be yeah. just up until a certain date and they'll probably have to go to the AFL and, and see if they can actually go further because it might affect other things and the other players that are on the club and, and even payments. Like I'm not sure, you know, are they going to strike a new yeah. deal or get payments just, um, outside of their list? What, I don't know what the deal is with um, players, theoretically, if they get banned as well when it comes to payment. Mm. Just mm. speaking of Essendon and the Bulldogs, I'm uh, noticing some comments on Twitter tonight from the Red Sash and others uh, oh, and, and Cerberus uh, remarking that Peter Gordon should stop mouthing off about Essendon matters when he's got problems in his own house. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, Peter Gordon has uh, left an imprint on pretty much every Essendon supporter. <laughs> 
as a Carl, as a Carl, I think it's payback for Sheedy's comments back in the day, isn't it? Mm, as a Carl supporter, <laughs> I laugh. No, uh, no, pig's ass. Come on, <laughs> no, we cannot. You know, as I said, Carlton's got, you say you Carlton's love, got trumps on us. All right, moving along quickly, just uh, skimming through the rest of the news. You can comment uh, after we've been through these. But the AFL is going to introduce a countdown clock uh, this weekend as a bit of a test, uh, a basketball-style clock at Etihad Stadium, only at Etihad Stadium, apparently, uh, and that will count down from 15 seconds so uh, people stop taking long set shots, I assume. Uh, and also, they've apparently going to work out the perfect position to put the roof in so that people don't get blinded by the light. And that is a terrible thing. <laughs> I suppose, Mike, you would know this, watching many Bulldogs games on a Sunday afternoon, that is the worst time to play footy and watch it at Eddie Head when the roof is open and even just watching it on TV, when the ball goes from the, the light to the shade yeah. and the way the cameras struggle to adjust and when you're yeah. at the ground and the ball's travelling between the two, it even affects the players out there. Yeah, the absolutely. Fact that they Look, can't open it and get the full light in there, or just close the roof and just make it work one or the other. I yeah, thought... no. Look, absolutely right. It's um, it doesn't matter what day it is, Saturday or Sunday. If it's an afternoon game and it's a sunny day, it does actually cause a lot of angst for players out there, and they and they are affected by the sunlight. So, um, log overdue, I think it's been one of those bugbears for having the roof open on a on a day game, so to speak. So. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with. But just on the topic of the, of the uh, countdown timer, is, can the umpires not count down from 15 seconds? I mean, God. I, I don't know. I think it's to get crowd involvement or something. <laughs> I, I honestly don't. Maybe the crowd will count down like they do like at the Royal Rumble for the WWE. I watched about 10 minutes of the uh, Hawthorne Saints game. It was tonight, and I saw enough from the, the scoreboard. But you could tell when the countdown clock appeared on the screen. I don't think it actually showed it on the TV um, telecast at all, but you could hear some people in the crowd start to make some noise as the player was running in. So, <laughs> what, what do you think that's going to happen? I with, can only with, see with... that putting people off. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's going to be so awesome. What do you think that's going to happen when John Kennedy, when Mr. Kennedy, take you know lines up for his shot and does his little prance in 35 mm. steps before he kicks? <laughs> that's going to be interesting to see. What I want to see is. The, the, they're also apparently going to use the stadium's PA system to assist umpires in relaying a free kick explanations to the crowd with scoreboard operators having access to the umpire's communication system at such times. Umpire communications during score reviews will also be fed to the crowd. That's How the hell are like, they going to do that? Well, I guess like what we have on TV when we have uh, a live the game. NFL. Can get, yeah, yeah. Well, NFL yeah. works like that where you can hear the umpires give their explanation over. But but to the gonna... crowd? Yeah. Well, you can hear the explanation on, on uh, games um, televised on TV with the um, umpires through their microphones, so it's yeah. just hooking up to the PA systems in the stadium. Yeah. I don't watch Actually, it. I, I found it interesting. I don't know if any of you have been watching the uh, Cricket World Cup, but um, recently Star Sports, the uh, broadcaster there, um, has just started uh, during the video review system, uh, you know, the DRS decisions, has uh, recently just started feeding the audio from the TV umpire. So you can actually hear and say, he wants to hear this footage, he wants to see that footage, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's actually really interesting. Actually, that would be really... Yeah, that would be really good for the video goal review. Uh, This is what you would hear in the Channel 7. The guy's going, oh, I need another shot. That's too blurry. Yeah. Can you give me another one? That's too blurry. Oh, can you... Inclusive, just go back. Have we got anything in high definition? (laughs) Oh, sorry, it's just a question. 
All right. Uh, James Brayshaw has had a bit of a complaint about Etihad Stadium again, um, saying that North have the worst stadium deal in the history of world sport. That's fault of their own. In the history of world sport. That's just James Brayshaw playing up. I mean, every team that has an agreement or has a contract with with Etihad or um, Etihad Stadium has had a bad run. So, you know, it's not just North Melbourne alone. Are we sure he wasn't talking about his divorce settlement? <laughs> he probably was. <laughs> I think about so, future stairs in it. Future st- still, in not, still no word on the catering at Eddie had yet. Um, I'm not hopeful that we'll get the same kind of decreases in prices that were seen at the MCG, which seems to be uh, a one-off stadium-wise around the country. No one else is interested. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the West, they've put the prices up. Yeah, no, so, they, they kept it the same as last year. That was their announcement, and they've added a couple of things to mm. the menu at Domain Stadium. So what they decided to do is keep it the same and saying rather than inflating the prices, we'll keep it the same. So that's a, supposedly a big win, um, and they've changed the menu a bit, and apparently there's some Docker hot dog or some type of Frio Anchor right. burger or something like that they've tried to introduce. Which like is an eagle schnitzel or something you can get as well. It's it's club oriented. Made from real eagle. I don't know. <laughs> Made from Wedgetail Roadkill or something. But... Uh, <laughs> a eagle schnitzel in the shape of an anchor. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, again, it's... Um, Adelaide Oval have said they can't do it. In fact, Adelaide Oval, as I said last week, they're utterly baffled by the whole thing. <laughs> and Subiaco have said no. Um, Subiaco's catering company is the same one that runs Etihad. Uh, does Etihad's general catering, so I'm not hopeful of decreases there. Uh, they also do a spotless do um, other spotless stadiums. Stadium. Lang Park... Um, and they've said no. Michael O'Brien Catering does the Gold Coast and Cardinia Park and the Gabba, and they haven't said anything. I don't even know if they've been approached. There's, yeah, but, but it, more and more it does seem that this is specifically something that is done at the MCG, and it seems to be limited to that stadium. Moving along to the next point, Ben Cousins is in the news again. Oh yes, good old Ben Cousins. Now he was what done. What is up with Ben? He was done last week for. Uh, I think we covered this briefly in Trespass. the podcast last week. He was done last week for drunk driving, yeah, and then two days weekend. later, he bre- he did got done for security breaches at a freaking SAS base. I'm I just wonder if he got through. I'm just wondering if the um, the famous uh, sign or banner for him, "I'm proud of what you've overcome," was there on the other side <laughs> of the fence, just as he climbed over. <laughs> So, uh, fun stuff there. So, let's have a quick look at this week's round, guys, before we uh, dismiss you all for the evening. And, obviously, tonight, undergoing as we speak, or actually, may have even finished by now, but uh, uh, at Etihad Stadium, St Kilda were playing Hawthorne. Um, and I used the term... Attempting to play. <laughs> Where's Messenger when you need him? I think yes, uh, he would say that they're uh, not, po- not really good at professional football based on tonight's efforts. That game, uh, now over as we speak, but, um, yeah, it, 106 points in the end to the Hawks. Um, doesn't bode well for the rest of the competition, really, heading into the season. Uh, Melbourne have Essendon for Friday night football. Uh, <laughs> Pross, you looking forward to this one? Not really. 
Just don't uh, have your players put any bets on your team to lose. Uh, <laughs> Mate, honestly, stick with that. On Essendon to lose to Melbourne is about the surest thing you'd get. Mm. Although it is that Eddie had and Melbourne haven't won there since uh, since well <laughs> ever. Melbourne's going to be footing a, a pretty strong strike, um, pretty strong side, and uh, Essendon are going to be far from it. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, Gold Coast. That's in relative terms, so I mean, <laughs> Essendon is probably still a bit stronger. Gold Coast have got the Brisbane Lions also on Friday night uh, at Metricon Stadium in the pre-season edition of the Q Clash. Um, this is the last round, so all the uh, all the interstate sides are really playing these half-baked derbies. Um, uh, can I raise a discussion point quickly? Must you? Uh, yeah, well, it's probably more interesting than these weekend's games. Okay, so. go, go, go. Um, how do we feel about the AFL scheduling these uh, rivalries as such during the NAB Cup? So obviously your Carlton Collingwoods, your uh, West Coast Rios, so on and so forth. It's about travel, Pross. Um, yeah. it, it's it's about minimising the travel. Now, they could do that by having these teams play state sides, I think, but um, whether they get the same benefit out of, the, out of that uh, kind of... Well, I don't, honestly, I, um, if Essendon's anything to go by, um, it'll be a very uh, non-competitive match. Yeah, but Essendon's not something to go yes. by, is it? <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Um, look, I think if it was done the way that, like, in past years, Port have played Adelaide at, like, Port Lincoln uh, or Victor Harbour, um, West Coast should be playing Fremantle in, like, Mandurah or something if they hadn't already got a game. Like, the, these games, it should be a chance to take these derbies out to the... Out, out to the rural communities in your area, uh, not playing them at your standard stadium. I mean, West Coast play Fremantle this week at Patterson's in a pre mm. in a preseason game. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yes, okay, you can minimise the travel, but take the game out to places that normally wouldn't get it. You know, take it out to Broome or something. Go out to Kalgoorlie yeah. with it. You know. And I can guarantee that the game probably won't get over fifteen or twenty thousand, so they can probably afford to do it at a smaller regional ground. That's that, but that's exactly the point I'm making. Mm. It's, it's, these games should be played. Well, this is a chance to take the big games out. I Which mean, was good. That was the good thing about the Carlton Collingwood games; they took it out somewhere. That's right, and and it's like Collingwood going and playing Hawthorne in Tasmania as well. These are big games that don't normally happen outside Victoria or outside, uh, you know, in the case of the Western Derby and the uh, showdown, the, these games don't normally take place anywhere in, you know, except inside these big stadiums. The Q-Clash thing this week, well, it's not called the Q-Clash this week, it's just Gold Coast versus Brisbane, but that should be in Cairns or Townsville or Darwin or something. <laughs> you know, like, it should be somewhere else besides the main stadium. That's that's what I'm getting at. Um, and so I'm not sure if that fits with your point or not, Prosecutor, but I think... If they're going to minimise the travel, then do so. But take these games, you know, somewhere besides, you know, the main stadium that they would normally play these games at anyway. But Richmond have North Melbourne also on well on Saturday afternoon. Not also, but that's Etihad Stadium. Um, the AFL has graciously allowed you to get two for one entry to the Western Bulldogs and Collingwood game at Etihad Stadium on Saturday night as well. So you can literally just hang around for the day and spend a day at Eddie Head. Oh, fantastic. Is that, can... is, is that an effort to get more Collingwood supporters to Eddie Head? <laughs> I don't know. 
But uh, <laughs> Richmond of North Melbourne and Western Bulldogs have Collingwood. It is two. Uh, you get two games for the price of one this weekend if you so desire. In the middle of that, Port play Adelaide at uh, Amy Stadium or Football Park. Um, in another stupid part of the scheduling, um, given it's not used for the AFL anymore and this game would have been better off played at Alberton or somewhere like that. But I can whinge about that all I want. It's not going to change it. Uh, Sunday, GWS have the Swans in the preseason Battle of the Bridge being played. Again, this is at Spotless Stadium. Um, I don't... Oh, sorry, this is a Star Trek Oval in Canberra. I can kind of understand this one. That's fine. I'm mm. with that. It's part of the contract anyway. They have to play a preseason game at, uh, at Manuka. Uh, Carlton have Geelong at Head Stadium. And finishing off the round, West Coast have Fremantle at the newly named Domain Stadium, or Subiaco. They have some really crap names for that stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Domain, I think that's um, Fairfax's um, media arm for their real estate. Yeah, yeah, I see. It's all on who coughs up the the, the money for the logo. I'm just more surprised Fairfax has the dough to cough up. Do do Fairfax (laughs) even have a paper in WA? That's a good question. Sapo, do you know? I've got no idea. The, the West Australians News Limited, isn't it? No, the West Australians, yeah, Channel 7. Yeah, Channel 7. Yeah, yeah, seven. So, anyway, that's that's the exciting round coming up. Lots of little derbies that no one really cares about at this time of the year that only diminish their worth later in the year. And uh, Carlton Geelong, Western Bulldog. So, yeah, really all, all sorts of rubbish going on. Um, sides will be gearing up and then we've got a week off before the season starts what are you looking forward to the most guys mine would be (laughs) (laughs) a controversial free weekend I think that's not going to exist that's not going to happen Friday the uh, tribunal hearing comes out it's pretty much (laughs) going to overshadow everything hey it's just a hope and a dream but you know exactly what's going to happen this bulldogs thing's got legs so that'll that'll be coming out all week yeah, so I think I'll go make a few bets on the game. You'll be looking forward to the footy by next weekend, mate, don't you? <laughs> oh no! Look, as you said at the start, after next week, everyone will forget about it. It'll be, it'll be gone. It'll be all Essendon all the time from Friday. So, <laughs> just for something Friday. different. Uh, that and them burning effigies of Peter Gordon by the weekend, I think. <laughs> oh no! I'll... Yeah, I mean, half of Essendon is going to be down there at uh, Footscray burning effigies of him. So I'm happy to get in on that. So well, what I'm what I'm looking forward to this weekend is the pouring over Supercoach stats after the last game's been played and everyone mm. doing the final adjustments on their side before round one starts and just having a look who's getting the game leading into round one because I'm sure a lot of sides are actually going to put close to their best available team. I can't imagine too many sides will be experimenting now, but just get an idea. And if it's anything like St Kilda of uh, coughed up tonight, they're in for a terrible long season. Mm. Look, um, I'm pretty similar to you. You know, about to go over the super coach and all that sort of stuff, get it in for round one and then uh, forget about it for the rest of the year. It's pretty much what I do. <laughs> I pick a side that has, like, all the superstars in it and then the rest just fill up with Carlton players. <laughs> <laughs> That's, cheap. That's it for the rest <laughs> of the year. 
That's why he never wins. And then I check at the end of the year and I find out that I finished like 58,000th. That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you very much to the guys that have come on tonight. Thank you very much, Seppo. No worries. Uh, apologies for putting you under the microscope there a little bit. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on. All good. My pleasure, guys. Sorry for putting you under the microscope. <laughs> uh, well, it, it doesn't happen very often, so, you know, I, I, I'm happy with the spotlight for once, even under circumstances, <laughs> but anyway. Any publicity is better than no publicity. Exactly. Uh, prosecutor, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, always a pleasure, always a pleasure. No apologies for putting you under the microscope. None. I would do it every hey. week if I was allowed to. Some people well, are tired. <laughs> some people are tired of the controversy down at Tullamarine. Not me. Well, at one stage it would have been called the Asada Cast, wouldn't it? That's right. So that's good night from us here on the podcast. You can find us all on the forums. Under-